That was great. You know, I always appreciate these opportunities where we get to stop and, and show honor uh, because honor is a tremendous value of the kingdom of God. And we live in a society where honor is becoming less and less a part of what goes on. People love to tear anybody down they can. Uh, the value of human life uh, gets seems less and less. And here we are today, this weekend, really, tomorrow, remembering uh, those who have laid down their life uh, for the freedoms that we have and for the, the freedom that is around the world. So um, I love us stopping for a moment, and I know we think of it as it's a three-day weekend, but uh, there is a beautiful thing about giving honor to whom honor is due. And so, and always, whenever we have these moments, we're thinking about those who have laid down their life for um, military service and for fighting for freedom. But I always feel like I want to say thank you to every person who has served in the military in any way. And so if you have in any way or even now or in the past served in the military, we just stand for a moment so we can honor you and, and just recognize you. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Thank you so much. Beautiful. Amen. Amen. We live in a great nation, don't we? Yeah. Hey, I want to dive into my message today. Um, for those of you that are new, uh, this will be news. For those of you that have been around for a while, um, you'll know that we've been talking about this a lot. This is our 30th year as a church, and uh, we are grateful for, yeah, go ahead. Um, we're grateful for the grace of God for the last 30 years, and, uh, and it just seems like it's gone so fast. Some days it feels like it's gone so long, uh, but um, 30 years is an incredible thing, and, and we're just, uh, we look back on all the lives that have been touched and the things that have happened, and uh, the sacrifice that so many people have put into this. And so part of our, our pause and remember and saying thank you has been to go 30 days of. So we started January, 30 days of renewal, and then we did 30 days of love, and then we did 30 days of goodness, which turned into actually 60 days of goodness because we were talking about the goodness of God, and we did 30 days of invitation, and this month, the month of May, is 30 days of worship. Everybody say worship. So I want to talk about worship for a few moments today again. And I want to start us off in a scripture, John 4, verse 23. This is Jesus talking. He says, an hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and truth. For such people... The Father seeks to be his worshipers. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. So the Bible tells us that there are a couple of things God is seeking after. One, he is seeking after the lost. He's seeking after people who don't know him, and he's always in pursuit of them. But the Bible tells us here that he is seeking after worship from worshipers. And um, I think 
when I first got started in my walk with the Lord and um, the concept of why was worship such an important part of my walk with God, my personal relationship with God, my church life or Christianity. And, you know, at first it was like, is it just a thing that God needs his ego stroked enough? And then if I say, you're good, you're great, you're kind, you're awesome, enough times that it would finally go good. Now I feel good about myself and I can <laughs> release to you what, uh, what you need in your life. But I've come to recognize that the value of worship is to stop and go, this is the ultimate reality in life. That is, God is always good, always kind, always for you, always strong, always able, and that no matter what is going on in your world uh, or in my world, the, the true north that could keep us going in the right direction and living the kind of abundant life that God's called us to live, it happens because we, we fixate on true north. So whether, whether, the, you know, we, whether we have a Republican president or a Democratic president, God is still good. Whether the economy is doing great or whether the economy is doing terrible, God is still able. Whether, whether you have just had a, a career advancement or you just lost your job, God is still for you. You know, if, whether you've had your best friend walk out of your life and break your heart or whether you've had somebody new come into your world and your heart is all a flutter, it, God is still good. And so I think what happens in, in all the ups and downs and the cycles and the seasons of life, we, when we stop and we go, there's really only one way to talk about God, and that is worship, because it, there's everything you would ever say about him is words of worship, words of praise, just words of affirmation about how good he is. And so I think when we are entering into to a life of worship, we, are, we have a north star that is so good and so wonderful to bring our life into a great place. True worship is actually born out of a heart of devotion. So it, it, is, it is a heart that says, God, I'm grateful God, I love you. Uh, God, I need you. God, I recognize how incredible you are. And really, it's like everything else in life. Whatever is in your heart is eventually going to show up in your life. And when we can have this, this concept of, of the goodness of God and the greatness of God alive in our heart, it's a powerful thing. But just because it's in your heart how many of you know love still needs an expression, right? If you love someone, eventually you've got to say the words. I remember my dad always had trouble saying the words, I love you, and, um, and my dad has now passed away, but I remember we would be on the phone, and I would always, after a phone call, would say, Dad, I love you, and he would go, me too. That was, that was the best he could get out, you know, but... True love 
has, has need of an expression. So you got to say the words. You got to give the gift. You got to write the card. You got to, you know, you got to um, give the hug so that you express love. Worship is an expression. It's an expression of love. It's an expression of devotion. It's an expression of adoration. So there's this concept that a guy named Dr. Gary Chapman came up with that is how does love get expressed into people's lives in a way that they can receive love? Because not everybody has the same love language. Then everybody gives and receives love in the same way. So he came up with this list, and I think it's a pretty good idea, five different love languages. So words of affirmation is one of the ways you can express love. Giving gifts is one of the ways you can express love. And by the way, those two are my, um, my love languages, I think. Words of affirmation, gifts, pause here to say thank you for everyone who wrote me a little card last week for my birthday, contributed in a birthday offering. That was just like I read those cards and, and I just, I love that kind of stuff. It's so good. Um, and then for other people, uh, touch, being touched is a love language that, that means something to them. Quality time spent with them uh, is a love language for some people. Acts of service, doing things for people is a love language. And all of us kind of have a, a, you know, a, a variation of, of these sort of languages that if you were just to say, hey, Pastor Kirk, I just want to spend time with you, that would just make me feel worn out. It wouldn't actually make me feel love. Um, and, but for some people, that's what they want. Now, the beautiful thing about my incredible wife is any one of those love languages works for her. So when I'm trying to figure out how do I show love to my wife, I just shoot the arrow. Any one of them works. All five. She needs all five. So sometimes that's more work than not, but also any of it works for her. But the big idea and behind all this is recognizing that what might speak love to you might not speak love to someone else. And that, that our job is, if we're, if we're going to love our spouse, our friends, our kids, the people that are in our world, our friends, then we got to kind of get an idea of what speaks love to them. And, and I want to talk about this idea of what speaks love to God. I mean, what, what is actually, what's God's love language? Because I think sometimes people enter into a relationship with God and they go, yeah, I just, I don't do this raise the hand kind of thing. I don't clap. It's not my nature. It's not about your nature. It's about what God receives as love and what God puts forth as love. So the original language of the Old Testament is Hebrew. The original language of the New Testament is Greek. And when you look at those languages, you get some nuance to words that would get translated that you may not get just by looking at the English words. So like the word love that we could use in a lot of different ways. Like I could say, I love double stuff Oreos. I do. I love my wife. I love the New Orleans Saints. Come on, show me some love. 
you know who the saints are. Yes, you do. But I mean, you know, those are different kinds of love. <laughs> or they should be. And, and if you look in the, in the original language of the New Testament, the Greek language, you have the, the word that's translated love. There's actually several different words. One is phileo, which is like friendship kind of love. Uh, another word is eros, which is sort of sexual or sensual kind of love. Uh, and another word that's translated love is agape, which is the unconditional love of God that is for us and that we can express to others, that we love them unconditionally. So the nuance of looking at original language helps us understand things a little better. So what I want to do today is take a few minutes and I want to talk about a few Hebrew words that get translated praise. We just read the word praise, but in actuality, there's some, there's some nuance and layer to this that helps us understand what is God's love language. So number one, the first word uh, is the word toda. Everybody say toda. Toda is to extend the hands in a sacrifice of praise. Toda is like when your team has just scored the winning touchdown. It is when, when you know, when, a, when you have had a great thing happen in your life and it's this, it's this victory, just your hands go up for that. And, and often in the Bible, it's literally in a plural sense. In other words, it's not just for one person to do, it's like the entire room. It's like I've been in sporting events where, you know, a big thing has happened and everybody's got their hands up and going strong. Psalm 100, uh, verse 4 says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise, or enter his courts with todah. Give thanks to him, bless his name. I like the idea here that what we are doing when we are, when, when we are entering God's courts, when we are entering his presence, that it starts out with our, our eyes fixed on him. Because how many of you know you can start your day fixated on the goodness of God, or you can start your day thinking about how much your back hurts, or what's facing you that day and what obstacles you'll have to overcome. But the Bible talks about this idea that, that you start out from a place where you are recognizing the goodness of God and the greatness of God and the kindness of God and the ability of God in your life. How you start matters a lot. That's why it's, we always start church service with worship because everybody is coming into the room and they are bringing in all kinds of experience you know with life with themselves with relationship with all the things that are going on in their world and and we're trying to bring people to a place where let's get our attention off of all that for a few moments let's get our attention on the goodness of God come on anybody with me on that Another, another verse that this word is used in, Psalm 50, verse 23, says, He who offers a sacrifice of toda, of thanksgiving, honors me. 
And to him who orders his way right, I will show the salvation of God. So the Bible says, he who gets those hands up in the air honors me. That's enough right there for me. I don't have to go much further than to know this is something that God says, this honors me. And you know this, you go to any sporting event, you go to any rock concert, you go to any kind of celebration of any kind of victory in life, and you're just going to see the natural human condition is those hands are going to get up in the air. It's, it's, it's somehow people struggle with honoring God that way when they will do it in every other setting imaginable. And it talks about the idea that a sacrifice of todah honors God. It's, which I think could be taken a couple of ways, but one way I certainly like to take it is this. Sometimes I don't feel like doing it. Right? Sometimes I don't feel like worshiping God. And maybe that is the most honorable moment possible to say, to express worship to God, even though I'm not feeling it in the moment. Come on, there's been, there's been many Sundays I've walked in the church and I was like, I am not feeling it at all. And yet, I just go ahead and get those hands up in the air because that honors God. Second, I, second word that gets translated praise is the word halal. Halal, which we would get the idea of hallelujah from halal yah. It means to boast, to rave, to celebrate to make a show, to be clamorously foolish. Mm -mm -mm. That's not a big stretch for some of us, huh? I've had the opportunity to, to travel to 28 different nations to teach, preach, minister, and uh, there's two universal words I've discovered. Hallelujah and Coca-Cola. <laughs> and <laughs> but hallelujah is halal yah. It's it's the most used word. In other words, this isn't just a every once in a while to boast, to rave, to make a show of it to be clamorously foolish, like just to give God your best. It's 99 different times this word is, halal is used. Psalm 149 verse 3 says, let them praise, let them halal his name with dancing. Let them sing praises to him with timbrel and lyre. Psalm 150 verse 1, praise or halal the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary praise him in his mighty expanse. I do think there are some people, I don't know if it's their upbringing or exactly what it is, but there are some people that, that want to put down uh, um, a celebration aspect to worship. 
Like they don't like the fact that there might be some lights or some little bit of smoke or a little bit of volume, a little bit of, you know, some energy going on. And the truth is, when I look at this word halal, I realize, come on, we can make church a celebration event for the glory of God. And by the way, that is not just the job of the people who are standing on the platform. That is, that is the role every person, all the way back, hey guys, all the way back, that we can all give this, this expression of worship to God that just makes a big event. I think making the worship of God an outstanding event is a beautiful thing in heaven's eyes. The, uh, the third uh, Hebrew word that's translated into praise is the word shabak. Shabak. To address in a loud voice to shout. Psalm 117 verse 1 says praise, like halal the Lord, all nations, laud him, shabak him, all peoples. And I spent a decent amount of time last week, but I'm just going to go through a few more verses again today for us to recognize that a biblical form of worship, a God-honoring form of worship, uh, a God's love language form of worship has in it this idea of I'm, I'm going to lift my voice and I'm going to give some expression to God that is going to be just beyond me and my arms folded waiting for this part of the service to get over. So, Psalm 47, verse 1, Oh, clap your hands, all peoples. <laughs> Shout to God with the voice of joy. When was the last time you shouted to God with the voice of joy? Psalm 47, 5, God has ascended with a shout, the Lord with the sound of a trumpet. Psalm 66, verse 1, shout joyfully to God, all the earth. Psalm 77, verse 23, my lips will shout for joy when I sing praises to you and my soul, which you have redeemed. Psalm 81, verse 1, sing for joy to God our strength, shout joyfully to the God of Jacob. Anybody getting an idea here? Psalm 95, verse 1. Oh, come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him with psalms. Psalm 98, verse 4. Shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth and sing for joy and sing praises. Psalm 100, verse 1, shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. God's a pretty clear picture, isn't it? And let me just say, this is not about just volume for volume's sake. This is not just being noisy for the heck of being noisy. But I think it's about this idea that there is some exuberant expression that gives God the glory that is due 
to his name. The fourth word that is translated praise is the word zamar, zamar, to touch the strings, to make music, to celebrate in song and music. You find this one in Psalm 108, verse 1 through 3. My heart is steadfast, O God. I will sing, I will sing praises. I will zamar even with my soul. Awake, harp and lyre. I will awaken the dawn. I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the peoples, and I will sing praises to you among the nations. I love this idea that that the presence of God, whether that's in your home, in your car, on the way to work, as you're out walking in church, is full of this idea of, of music and worship. And he says, my heart is steadfast. Like, this is... I'm going to do this, and I'm not just going to do it for the 17 minutes that starts the service at my church. I'm going to do this all the time. This is going to be a lifestyle for me. Like, like I'm going to get some kind of worship playlist to be the soundtrack to my life. Instead of Instead of just somebody done me wrong songs, I'm going to fill my life with, with music and worship and honor to God. And I want to encourage you, get worship in your lifestyle. I, I'm not, we're not just after having us worship here. That's a good thing. That's a beautiful thing. But what, a, what an incredible thing if we would understand the idea of worship in my everyday life, that we'd be steadfast in praise, that we would, even among the people, are all on our own. So when you come to church, come to church with worship already established. Like, bring worship with you. You know, 1 Corinthians talks about this idea that when you come together, bring faith, bring thanksgiving. And I know a lot of times when people will come to church, and, and this is okay if you've been just a believer for a short amount of time, but they come for what they need, but far better that we would come with something rather than for something. Hello? And... And the reality is, some days you need to come for something. But imagine the power of a room filled of exuberant worshipers who said, on the way to church, I'm going to turn off the noise that is pulling me away from God, and I'm going to start leaning in to God. I'm going to start leaning in to worship. I'm going to start getting my heart ready for worship, so that way... We're not coming in on the second song or the third song and barely getting in, but we're fully engaged on the way. Am I preaching this okay to you? Amen. This is what, I think this is one of the reasons I would encourage you to come be a part of pre-service prayer. 
Because pre-service prayer is us getting not only the atmosphere ready for God to do something in our midst, but it is getting our hearts ready to worship God. It, it is a beautiful thing to honor God with a lot of good music and worship. The fifth word that is translated praise I want to talk about today is the word yada. Everybody say yada. I like yada. To worship with extended hands, to throw out the hands. Now, the difference between toda, which is got those hands up, my team just scored. You know, it's a victory, hands up. Toda is hands up, I surrender. I just surrender to, to the Lord. Psalm uh, 111, verse 1 says, praise or yada the Lord. I will give thanks to the Lord with all my heart in the company of the upright and in the assembly. We just read this verse in John 4 where the Bible says God is seeking worshipers who worship. The Bible says in the Old Testament that God is, is his eyes are wandering over all the earth looking for people whose heart is inclined to the Lord. And I'm thinking, what could be a more beautiful sight to God, the Father, than looking down at 273 Monta Vista Road and seeing a bunch of people who've had their lives touched by the grace of God, who've been rescued from all kinds of mess, who, who, who know what it's like to walk with God, to say, hey, you know what? We're all just going to get those hands up in the air and we're going to surrender to God and we're going to worship and we're going to express our love to our God. Come on, somebody. Psalm 63 says this, Oh God, you are my God. I shall seek you earnestly. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh yearns for you in a dry and a weary land where there is no water. Thus I have seen you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory because your loving kindness is better than life. My lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. I will. Everybody say, I will. I will lift up my hands in your name. I will. I, I make a choice. I'm going to do this. I'm not going to be a slave to my emotions. Emotions are not your friend <laughs> a lot of time. It doesn't matter are you feeling it or not? That's not even the issue. God is always worthy no matter what your emotional state is. And when we can go beyond just letting our emotions tell us what we're going to do, you've grown to a pretty mature place. The, the sixth word that is translated praise is the word barak, and it means to bless, to kneel, to declare God the origin of power, 
for success, prosperity, and fertility. Psalm 103 gives us this word. It says, bless, barak the Lord, O my soul, all that's within me, bless his holy name, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits. God is not our Santa Claus, but he is our provider. And he loves to take care of his kids. Just like a good dad or a good mom loves to take care of their kids, God is the source of all good things. And it pleases God when we stop and recognize every good thing that is in my life has come from you. There's, there's nothing in my world that didn't come from you. No good thing. By your grace. I didn't, there are like some things I worked it out. <laughs> and then there's other things that God worked out. It's like the ability to have worked it out came from God. Hello? Like the capacity, the brain capacity, the willpower capacity, the heart capacity, the whole bit, it came from God. And when we stop and recognize that, it's, it's, it's an act of worship. God, I'm going to be grateful for everything that's good in my life. It all came from you. You know, it's like, it's like when, you, it's like when you're, you're driving and you decide you're going to be a, a friendly, neighborly driver and you pause and let somebody in and they don't even give you the thank you wave. You know, it's like, I always look for it and then when it doesn't happen, I'm like, hey, thank you, thank you. Did your mama not teach you how to say thank you? I just let you in. And I think sometimes that's the way God feels. Hey, look what I've done for you. Could you just say thank you? The last word that I'm going to talk about today, this Hebrew translated into English praise is the word tahila, not tequila, <laughs> tahila. I have, I have so many jokes on my head right now, I'm just going to be good, I'm going to stop. Tahila, it's the singing of Halals. It's to sing spontaneous songs to the Lord. You know, I was telling you last week, several people wrote stuff down. And, you know, when, you get, when somebody's birthday or it's an anniversary or, you know, whatever the occasion is, and you go look for a, for a card that you hope fits that person. And, you know, some people spend a decent amount of time trying to get that right. But the truth is, that's always cool. But... I know I'm always looking for what they wrote on the card more than what Hallmark 
wrote on the card, right? I, I, I want to I see what they think. I want to hear from them. And I, like, I love, all, I love the, the, the worship songs, the, the songs that we do in church, and thank God for people who have the gift to, you know, to write those kind of songs, to help us give expression to our worship and expression to, you know, the things of God. But I, but I have a feeling that the heart of God is just like the heart of any father or any mother that would just love to see the words from their kids, just words coming out. It's like, God, maybe I don't have the greatest vocabulary, but from my heart, I love you. I, I want you. I, I'm drawn to you. I'm, I'm grateful for what you've done. And so this, this Tehillah is Psalm 40, verse 3 says, He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise, Tehillah, to our God. Many will see it, fear and trust in the Lord. Psalm 22, 3, Yet you're holy, O you who are enthroned upon the praises, the Tehillah of Israel. Psalm 104, verse 33, I will sing to the Lord as long as, as I live, come on somebody, as long as I live, I will sing praise to Hila. I will just all through the day to my God while I have my being. I'm in my car. Thank you, Lord. As long as I have being, as long as there's breath in me, as long as I'm living, let those songs of worship come out. Because I want to encourage you to, to get to this place. That no matter what is going on around you, here's what's unchangeable. God is always worthy of your worship. And here's what never changes. God loves you and is for you. Let's let's be a people that literally say nothing is going to steal my worship. All the days of my life, I am going to worship God. Because think about it, really. What else do we have to offer? Like, I've got no goodness to bring to the table. I've got no righteousness of my own to bring to the table. I've got nothing to bring that wasn't already given to me. The only thing I've got to bring to the relationship is worship. And I can choose to do that. I want you guys to stand with me for a few moments. We're going to take a moment and worship God in just a minute. But before we do that, I would like to pray with everyone in the room. So would you bow your heads, please? And would you close your eyes and kind of just you alone in this room, even though there's hundreds of people around you, just right now, you and God and maybe you're here today and you've never actually like in a real way surrendered to the love and the Lordship of Jesus I I would love to pray with you or maybe there was a day that you could look back on and go I used to be close to God but I'm not today I used to be on fire I used to be intimate it used to really matter to me but I have to say I'm not in that place right now, but I'm ready and I want to come home. Or maybe you just feel unsure 
about where you stand with God. I don't want anybody to leave this room today without a sense that your life is securely in the hands of an incredible God, but it, it requires a surrender. So here we are, nobody looking around, every head bowed, every eye closed. You say, Pastor, would you pray with me? I need to do that for the first time, or I need to come back, or I want to know for sure I'm right with God. Would you include me in that prayer? Just lift your hand real high and say, that's me. I just want to surrender to the Lord. God bless you. Coming all over the room, just lift your hand up and say, yes to God. Yes, thank you right here. Anybody else just in this moment? Say, yes, I need God. Thank you. Anybody else? Let's pray this prayer together. This is for everyone who lifted their hand, but I love it when we all get the chance to pray this together. So let's all say, Lord Jesus, I open my life to your love, to your Lordship. I need you. I want you in my world as my Lord. I know I've sinned. I come to the cross where you paid the price for my forgiveness. Today is a fresh start, a new beginning as I surrender to Jesus. Help me become the person you created me to be. Amen. Come on, let's worship.